Welcome to track six of the Daisy Jones podcast that we call Nobody's Muses. We are talking about all things Daisy Jones and the six from the Amazon Prime series. Um, This is Rachel. This is Crystal. We're glad you're back. We are glad to be back. We are glad to be back. Don't forget you can stream our podcast wherever you stream your favorite podcast. I personally think it is super cool that this podcast is on Audible. As much as the audiobooks that I listen to, to be able to scroll Nobody's Muses and find us on Audible, I think that's something. Anyways, but you can find us on any place that you um, listen to your favorite podcast or on YouTube. You may be watching us on YouTube. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at Nobody's Muses. Um, you can email us if you have any questions, comments, feedback just want to say hi we are nobody's muses at gmail.com so let's dive in we are talking about track six whatever gets you through the night yes and it was directed by nzinga stewart i'm hoping i'm saying that right and written by charmaine degrada and will graham and nzinga stewart is um a just a journeyman director has done a ton of directing has done a little bit i think she has a tie with hello sunshine or reese witherspoon's properties because she did um, a million little things which i think is also reese witherspoon reese witherspoon property and um, little fires everywhere um so uh, good girls did you ever watch good girls with retta yes I loved that show. And yes. my um, husband is a huge fan of that show. Really? Like, yes, he is a huge fan of that show. It's because of Christina Hendricks. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, she's she's amazing. I mean, and, can't fault him. No, I mean, I, I like her too. Um, and then it was it's directed it was written by Charmaine de Great or de Grate, and she is kind of a badass. Um, very very young and has written for House of the Dragon, The 100. Um, also an actress and has some big properties coming up. It looks like she's going to be, um, she's got some interesting work under her and she's just really pretty and, um, has also been an actress. And I saw that she wrote for House of Dragons and I was like, dang. I know. I'm like, cool. And then, um, Will Graham is the other writer and he's written for, he's also kind of a, just done, all he's done is work. He wrote for Mozart in the Jungle, which is also James Ponsolt was involved with that, so that makes sense. And he's written episodes before this of Daisy yeah. Jones. We've said and his he, name before. And he wrote A League of Their Own episodes for that show. So just, um, you know, interesting group of writers. And um, I think this is, um, a lot happens in this episode, so uh, it it's pretty intense. So we had one, two, and three, got to a big arc. Then we came back down and we did four, five, and six. We're yes, back up so, at a big arc. So four, four is they decide to be letter in the band. Five is their their first working together and figuring out how to work together. And six is all about what happens once they really start working together. So right. um, this is a really interesting episode because it starts with a cold open. Do you yeah, know that was unique for is? them. We hadn't seen this before. So, yeah, cold open is, you know, a thing that comes before the credits. um, And it starts, you know, I think it's the first one. It doesn't, and it also kind of has more interview footage with B-roll, which doesn't have, like, in the other episodes, it's not quite as, it's not there as much. So I thought Mm -hmm. that was interesting. So we start with a cold open, and you see 
um, Teddy at the console, some really nice macro shots of the console. Um, Karen, Eddie, and Grandma Warren are recording in the studio. They're recording Kill You to Try. In 1997, Daisy comes on and says, We must have written eight or nine songs the first couple of weeks. I would have have an idea, then he would flesh it out, he would come up with a riff, and then he, um, he would come up with a melody line, and she's just talking about their process, and then 1997, Billy says, when you're making an album, any album, it's an intimate thing, it has to be, and then 1997, Daisy, not to say we didn't fight, and 1997, Billy, oh, we were constantly fighting, and then Warren, 1997, Warren says, for a month, it was like that. We would be in the studio recording all the arrangements, and they would be who knows where doing God knows what. That was and a, Eddie, There was an assumption there. Yeah. And Eddie says, um, every day they come in with something new, 1997 Karen, I mean fucking great songs. And, and Eddie, and every night they come in giggling like two fucking schoolgirls. And then you cut to Billy and Daisy coming into the studio laughing. And then... Um, Karen and Graham are exchanging looks, and the interviewer to Graham, did it concern you? And 1997 Graham says, not really. Anyway, I mean, whatever they were doing, it was working. So, first of all, I mean, this exchange, the look between Graham and Karen, I think, is, you know, to me, I see that as these two people have been having some pillow talk, you know, and going, so what's up with Billy and Daisy? You know, like, what do you think's going on there? And, you know, I could even see Graham saying, I've never seen Billy act like this, not even with Camila. Yeah. And then, but then I, you know, one of the, one of the looks, one of the things that I thought when they were, when Graham and Karen were having that look with each other, it was like, it was either, are you seeing the same connection that I'm seeing between Daisy and Billy? Or is it that Graham and Karen have this connection and they wish they could be more out in the open even though their their connection is a more intimate connection, right? Physically but I'm trying to figure intimate. out if they want if it's that they wish they could be out in the open. Well, I'm not going to say they. Graham wishes they could be more out in the open with that connection between him and Karen, or is it that he and Karen are noticing Billy and Daisy's connection? I don't. I'm not sure what the look was for. Well, I really believe it's the connection, just because Graham. We see Graham noticing it last week when she hugs. Billy. Yes. And um, I would say, though, the, the B-roll of Billy and um, Daisy working together does seem very professional in this part. Like, it's just two people who are really working well together, firing on all c- cylinders. Yes. Yeah. You know. And there's no way, when you get to that point where you're finally firing on all cylinders after so much conflict... There's no way that it can't be a more intimate process, which is what Billy says in right. his interview line. There's right. going to be an intimacy there. And you can have intimacy with people without it being sexual in nature. Right. But there, there's something that once they kind of kicked in and started connecting, that became an unstoppable force that people had to take notice. If you were around them, you had to have noticed it. Right. And I think that Billy especially sees this as, I mean, I think he was like, if I want to write songs and these to be good, I have to give of myself some, because that's what made it work the first time they wrote a song in last episode. Mm -hmm. So this is a thing he feels like he has to do to get 
not that he's not willing, but like, okay, this is our process. This is how we work. Right. So, um, the, this open, this cold open is really long. It's, uh, it's, it runs at five minutes, the cold open. Um, so there's Daisy, um, is singing and Billy is in the cold control room and he is smiling at her and she's smiling at him. And then you see this nice, this montage of the band, you know, recording, you know, you see Karen and Graham making out in the closet. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's people doing lines of Coke on the mixing board. And then Karen and Graham are making out in the closet and Tobias doesn't even notice him. You, you made that <laughs> note. <laughs> and I feel like in the book, you know, that part is like the whole running joke in the book of Warren, just 100% believing that um, Karen is actually having sex with a roadie yeah instead of it couldn't it couldn't possibly be graham couldn't possibly be graham the whole book he never realizes that it's graham um and then there's this little scene where daisy comes in and tells um billy i mean comes and tells um warren and eddie that the song needs to be swampier and she's that's how i would describe music because (laughs) i am not i am not classically trained to know (laughs) chords and notes and crescendos and da, 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 da. I'm not yeah. I mean I'm not trained at those things so yeah I would use the term <laughs> that would be me you just need to make it swampier just swampier yeah. and so she's like Billy tell them and he says you know do something with the toms or something you know and you know, she says great was that so hard and Eddie says oh I guess he speaks Daisy now and um then Teddy there's a really great shot of Teddy playing the xylophone and, and then uh, VO starts again, and it's 1997, Graham saying, yeah, we knew it was good. And um, I think we actually see Graham on camera, but some of this is also, um, we see B-roll too. And then we see uh, 1997, Billy, Teddy was the most confident, and then Warren. Here's how confident Teddy was. Before he even finished recording, he calls in a favor with Rolling Stone. And then we have Jonah Berg, 1997. It was only my fifth assignment. Had the magazine thought more of the six at the time they would have sent someone else and then there's a shot of them listening in the control room and then the whole band and billy and daisy are exchanging really intense looks and then 1997 daisy says look i know that we were said that i said i would tell you everything but how much of everything do you want to know so there's a couple of things i want to talk about here first um I, I think you're reading it now. You're reading Making Rumors. I just read mm-hmm. Making Rumors, the Ken, Ken Kaye, Kaye book. Um, Kaye? I should be able to say it because his daughter is a singer. Yes. Um, Kaye. Kaye. Yes, Kaye is how you say it. So that book is, it's good. There's some, I don't know. I feel like the editor needed to do a little bit of editing on that book for him. But what I, um, you know, the whole part with, um, with Teddy playing the xylophone just really reminded me of all the different, I mean, the recording process for albums is, especially back then, was so long. I mean, they took over a year to make rumors. And then to see Teddy doing that and to hear of, like, in um, when they're making rumors, like, for one song, they were trying to find a good drum sound, and they started just smacking a chair, and that gave them the thud that they wanted. Um, and so I just, uh, that scene I thought was really well done. And then, then there's this shot between, um, Billy and Daisy exchanging intense looks. Yeah. And the, then, then the part where 
Daisy asked the interviewer what, you know, how much does she really want to know? And we know more about the interviewer. We don't know about this now. We, but when you, after you read the full book, this question, when you see it again, makes it, or after you watch the whole show, this, this becomes much more poignant of a question. So do we want to go ahead and kind of talk about it? Like assume that people have already watched all the episodes now. We're going to say spoiler alert. If you have not, if you have not read the entire book or you have not listen to the entire audiobook or you have not watched the entire series we're about to spoil something big for you so um you know the show's been out it's been finished for a while we're making the assumptions that people have listened and watched everything and even if you just watched the show you now had time to read the book so i think we're i think it's okay for us to to drop this spoiler in right so we know now after we've watched the whole show and read the book we'll i mean we already knew but yeah we know that the interviewer is Camila's daughter, Billy and Camila's daughter, Julia. We know that. And can you imagine being Daisy in that point and having to discuss this? This is very different than, you know, me and your dad, you, me, your dad and I didn't get along. Or right. your dad and I, your dad didn't even want to have me on the song. Yeah. And, and to, you know, again, we know that there's, his side, her side, and the truth in the middle. Right. And we are getting to see the truth where you did not get to see the truth when you read or you listened to the book. We we have an interpretation of the truth um, through the, the series. So I do think, you know, I think that was, um, that was a 1997 Daisy. And I think she has grown and she has um, learned and evolved. And we know as you get through the end of the show, there's some of the reasons why she has evolved in and considering the narrator in this process. But yeah. to say, you know, how much do you really want to know? Because I can tell you the, the ugly side of things and I can tell you the intimate side of things. But I think Daisy says that in part because she wants to be respectful toward Camilla and she wants, and she understands that there's this daughter in play, that it's not just a narr- it's not just an interviewer, but there's a daughter in play, and she, do- I'm sure she does not want to, you know, negatively impact Julia's relationship with her dad, um, at this point in the story, or you know, at this point in her life, 1997. Right. Well, and I mean, I just it would be hard. I mean, there's yeah. a lot that happens here. And a lot of it, I mean, even worse than Billy being on drugs and stuff whenever, before Julia was born or right when she was born. This is, this is different. Well, I mean, you think that Julia at this point in her life, 1997, was somewhere between, you know, 30-ish. She was probably 30-ish. She was getting close to 30 because I think she was born in like 71 or 72. Like she's basically us. Yeah. So even, I mean... You know, even as grown as you think you are, do you really want to hear oh, hell the no. bad parts I don't hear of your parents? No. Yeah, the bad parts of your parents' life or the intimate parts of your parents' life. You don't want to know that shit. No. You don't want to know that shit. So I do think, you know, I do think she was trying to be respectful toward Camilla. And I think she was trying to be, in her way, respectful toward Billy, but m- more so probably Billy and his relationship with his daughter than Billy in general. So I think it probably tied back to trying to be, you know, cautious and, and, you know, cautious toward Julia at that point. 
And then we yeah. go into the Patty Smythe song. Right. And I mean, like, boom. And then the first line is, you know, you've the first thing you've seen is this, the, the last two things you've seen is this, um, these looks between Billy and Daisy. And those are, I, those are not professional, like, we're really making good work here looks, in my opinion. <laughs> those and, are attraction looks. And then we get to how much do you really want to know? Once again, it's just Daisy. And then we go to this open with the first line is, she is a benediction. She is addicted to these. You know, she is connecting with he. Like, these, these, these lyrics, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I feel like that's why they chose to do it at this point, to have this cold open at this point, mm-hmm. was because then they, when they slam into that song, it has that much more meaning. It has now. so much more impact. And yeah. then you take and add in the photos along with it that we've been seeing each week with yeah. the opening. It just made it more impactful to me, I thought. So then we come in and we, that's, you know, that was a, like you said, that was a really long cold open, you know, so then we run the, run the intro and then we start and the interviewer is um, asking, and what are you doing while all of this is happening, happening? She's talking to her, she's talking to Camilla. She says, what are you doing while all this is happening? And she said, well, I was busy. I was raising a child and I was doing it all by myself. So then we switch to, we look back at Camilla coming downstairs late at night and he's hearing Daisy on, or he's hearing Billy on the phone. He's outside. It's dark. He's got his guitar strapped around him and he's having this phone conversation with Daisy. And there's, no, no, you know, there's lots of this like back and forth kind of, oh, really? I just, the... The conversation, even from just his side, um, coming downstairs, it was bothersome to me from Camilla's perspective to be hearing this very intimate conversation between two people and it wasn't her. Mm -hmm. And at that point, she's walking in and she's listening to him talk and she picks up his notebook and he has the opening lines or the lyrics going for the song please which ends up is ends up on aurora um but the lines on that are really tough i think for her to read and they're kind of twofold if you think about if you just if you look at the lyrics and you go please i'm down on my knees i have a family please it's an awful disease and it's getting me merged with a terrible urge every night please if it's only a single bite. So what are we talking about here? You know, and she looks, she's looking at these words where he's talking about something and she's trying to decide what it is she he's talking about. And then he hears this in, she sees this intimate conversation going on between Billy and Daisy in the dark of night outside of the house and just the change in her face. Like there's a realization that clicks in there and maybe it's just a further step in realization. She's probably, you know, she's had some of these along the way, but this one, I don't know, the look on her face, um, it looked very broken and very hurt. Well, let's just take it to, let's just say, cause you know, last week I said, let me down easy could also be just as much about drugs as it is a relationship. And we let's look at these lyrics. If we look at it in that way, 
um, even if, like, let's just say she's clueless and she doesn't see any chemistry between him and Daisy or any kind of change in his behavior, this is still pretty rough that he Mm -hmm. is still struggling with, like, if this is about drug abuse, he's still struggling in that way. Yeah, with his alcohol use. And, And we know that he is. And we know that anybody that is living a sober life still continues, I mean, again, not having gone through that myself but just knowing friends it's still a daily struggle and some days are harder than others so it is something that they continuously battle um some days the battles are not as heavy as other days but so to know that your spouse is still feeling this way um about their addiction issues would be very very difficult to hear your spouse still struggling like that but would be even more it's even more of a struggle whenever you see it and he's, you see those lyrics and you hear him talking really, it's very flirty. It is very flirty. Very flirty, very intimate kind of conversation with a woman that, you know, is, you know, I mean, she is this charismatic figure. And so it is a, um, it, it's a natural response, and I think it's it is um, it is more nuanced than people want to think. I don't think it's just her being jealous of Daisy. I think no. it's I think it's more like I'm I you know I thought maybe we were somewhere and now we're not. I think uh, Camilla's too smart to be jealous of Daisy in that that superficial way. Right. I think that they're could definitely be some jealousy in that intimate connection that they seem to share. Because again, her line, when the interviewer asked her, what were you doing while all this was happening? I was busy raising a chill child. I was, I was all by myself. So she was doing all this at home on her own while he was out writing and recording and writing and recording. Um, so to see, to only get him at the end of the day when he's exhausted And Daisy gets him all day when he's alive and vibrant and creative and energized. And Camilla just gets the spare left over at the end of the day when he's completely exhausted. Right. I mean, I think think she should. I mean, I think if she's not jealous, then what the hell is she even in this relationship for? I mean, you have to, maybe not jealous is not the best word, but um, I just think if you love somebody and you see them kind of giving their best to somebody else and it's not, and it's not, no, it's not the band. It's clearly this other person. Mm-hmm. I think you can't help it. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know I don't what the word is sign, for it. I don't think it's a sign of weakness for no. Camila to be like, Hey, what, what the hell happened to me? Like, where, yeah. where are we? And also guess what? Guess what he was doing whenever he was on drugs. She was by herself. And now back, she's back there again. You know, she was pregnant by herself and delivering a child. And now she's back to raising a child all day by herself. So I'm trying to figure out what the word would be, because I think for you, for maybe it's more envious because I think when we say jealousy, we're jealous about somebody, you know, I think we, I think of superficial things when I hear the word jealous, I think of things like I'm jealous of their car. I'm jealous of their looks. You know, and I don't think that Camilla is that, but I do think she is envious, maybe is a better word of, again, he, she's get Daisy's getting the best of him during the day. 
the energy, the excitement, the creativity. And Camilla used to get that. She used to get that part of him. But now what she gets at the end of the day is the emotionally, physically drained and exhausted creative type who now needs to come home and collapse and recharge by sleeping. And that's hard when you've been at home all day with a baby and you're waiting for any kind of adult human interaction because all you've done all day is talk to somebody who cannot talk back to you. You've changed diapers, you've cleaned, you've washed, you've done all these things and you're just waiting for that person to get home so that you can have some adult conversation or at least some two-way conversation with somebody. So maybe envy is a good word. Yeah. So then we cut to um, back at the studio. Daisy's in there. Um, Jonah is sitting there observing because he's going to be writing a story. And Billy comes in and talks to Daisy and says, hey, this um, this line doesn't work, does it? And um, she says, well, if you're coming to me, it probably doesn't. And they're, they're very teasy. This is a very, like, two people who are, who I feel like they really know each other well now. And... Um, and Billy, you know, can you fix it? And Daisy's like, probably. And then Joe just, he knows this is it. It's not, it's this ease, this play, playfulness between them is very apparent. And then um, 1997, um, Daisy, says, she says, it's like we were um, competitors, rivals. And it was, you know, it's because she's, they're trying, who can make the best song? Who, you know, they're making each other better. Mm-hmm. And so she comes back in a little bit later. She goes, and he, she's rewritten the whole song. And he's like, you, you, but you, you, the only thing you kept was that line. And she's like, yeah, the, the line's beautiful. The rest of it was shit. And then she walks back out. And Jonah goes, wow, well, fuck. And, you know, and Billy's like, it's not what you think, man. And Jonah's like, well, what is it? And he says, Daisy and me are like Bonnie and Clyde. Faye Danaway and Warren Beatty. He, you know, and he says that the the sparks fly, but we have our own lives. That's how Daisy and me are. And then Jonas says something, you know, to the effect of, "So you're saying it's just an act?" And Billy says, and this is an exact quote, but he says, "Not exactly. It's not real life either. That's kind of the point." So, um, you know, this playfulness between the two of them, um is fun and it does mean maybe some people can have that playfulness and there not be a um a you know intimacy that we think of as inappropriate but you know i mean i have friends that i give a you know i give them a lot of shit and we argue and stuff and i love them like brothers and sisters but this this more to me this is different And Jonah sees it, you know, it's the whole, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's, it's a duck. duck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he can sit and, you know, I, I, again, once again, I think, you know, Billy's character, sometimes he can just be so mean and hurtful with the shit that he says. And this to me is a line that. And we'll find out as we get through this, this saying shit like that, especially to Jonah is, um, you know, it's just hurtful for, for, because, and he's, and I think he's trying to convince himself, like he's trying to convince himself that, oh, this is just all for show. There's nothing behind it. We're just doing this to create chemistry on stage, to create chemistry within the music, but it's, it's really nothing. 
So he's oh, yeah. he's almost convincing himself of that, but it's bullshit. And well, as we go through this next few scenes, you know, I think that I think also that Billy is much more calculated in the way he says these things than um, than we than he probably people are giving him credit for in the moment. Right. He's so, super manipulative in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Super manipulative. And that and that kind of is, you know, that kind of takes you aback. And it's very, very different from the book. Yeah. Very, yeah. very different from the book. So he, you know, I know they had to have this kind of, this kind of negative, positive back and forth thing. But they made him really unlikable in this episode to me. Yeah, I mean, as we move forward, I think we can really talk deep, more deep about it because this, this, these things get even worse. In this moment, I do feel like maybe, maybe he actually really sees it. Because, you know, of course the people and the guys in the band are never going to say anything because they're all scared of them or well, that's just not their, the And they want they music, have. and they just want to make music. And so I mean, to hear a kind of an outside person come in and go, whoa, what's going on between you all? And, and him go, oh, crap. You well, know, I mean, the band's already is... said whatever, whatever was, whatever was going on between them, it was working and they just wanted to make music. So they're going to ignore, I think Graham, Graham struggles with ignoring it. Um, but they're going to ignore whatever they think might be happening between the two of them because they just want to make rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not their problem. Can, also, yeah, it's like, that's not my problem. That's Bill. You know what? We've, if I'm Eddie and Warren, I'd be like, I've dealt with enough of Billy's problems. So if we're actually going to get something where we have a hit record, hit record and I become a millionaire, he can do whatever he does, you know, as long as I get to make music. Yeah. All right. So next we cut to a new scene and it's Camilla and she's in a dark room and she's speaking to another photographer there. Um, in Spanish, her Spanish is a little rusty. She stumbles a couple of times, but he compliments her, her photography and they start talking and he asks her, Hey, do you want to, do you want to go to the movies sometimes? And sometime, and then she's put, she's posting up, she's pulling um, photos out of the developing liquid and she's hanging them on the line and she hangs up a picture of, um, of, Billy and Daisy and was like, well, that's my husband in that photo. And he's like, well, who is, who is the girl? Cause initially he was looking at pictures of Daisy and talking about the composition of the pictures and stuff. And then this picture that she pulls out and points out that that's Billy in the photo. And he, and the guy asks, well, who is, who is that girl? And, and Camilla kind of stumbles and she says, oh, she's just someone in the band, in his band. She says in his band. And the guy just kind of looks at her and is like, if you say so, okay. Um, you know, it was a brief interaction, but, you know, here's somebody else helping her question what's really going, or adding more questions on to what's really going on between her, between the two of them. Yeah. So. And I, and like this, you know, who knows what, what she had to do to be able to even get to go to this dark room and you know, who, who, who's actually watching the baby and, you know, just, you know, my, my friends who are moms who finally, once they have a little kid and get to go out for a second, you know, 
And especially she's getting to go out and she's getting to do something that she's passionate about, which is her photography. Right. So, I mean, this brief encounter, you know, and it's and it's not anything we see on the on the screen, but this brief opportunity to get out and to do something that she's passionate about kid free is is a huge thing and then to have somebody notice her not only notice her talent but notice her beauty to the point where he just gets forward and decides he's going to ask her out that's a that's an ego boost when you're a mom who's probably spent time covered in baby crap and spit up and not having any conversations with adult humans um to be able to have somebody that's actually paying attention to you and not just your physical you but your creative you as well it's pretty cool I would imagine. So then we cut to Camilla and Karen getting to spend some time together. And um, Camilla's telling Karen about what happened. And it was, it was nice to feel, it was nice not to feel like somebody's mom, which, you know, we get that. But she, you know, and they're kind of talking about Billy and how the album's going. And she says, you know, when he's here, he's never really here. Um, And that's when Karen was like, oh, but everything is going really, the music is amazing. And there Camilla goes back and says, you know, that's, that's just it. I haven't heard any of the music. Like there's no, he's not sharing this stuff with me. And, um, she, she makes a comment that alludes to something and she says, well, maybe I just need something of my own because he has this, he has this. And really all she has at this point is Julia and raising Julia, which is a great thing. It's, it's something that I'm sure she cherishes like all of us moms, but there's something that you need separate from being mom and that's photography for her. Well, or just anything. Like, I feel like Camila, you know, as much, you know, she gave up a lot to move cross country to be with him and has given up a lot. And she gladly did it. Yes. Like, I don't think she ever saw it as a sacrifice. She gladly did this for him or did this with him. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's whole conversations, episodes back where he was like, I'm just going to go back to Pittsburgh. And she's like, I didn't move out here, you know, for right. you. I moved out here with you. Right. And so I think there's something to be said for that. But still, even though she supported him all this time, and I don't think she has any regrets, there's still, you know, she still needs to have her thing and she still needs to be her separate from mom and separate from Billy's wife. She just needs to be Camilla. So then Camilla asks how things are going with Graham and Karen's like, Oh, we're just having fun. And Camilla goes back to her and says, why just and questions her. And, you know, she's like, you know, she's again, we're just having fun. You know, it's nothing. And I really like him. And Camilla says, well, he loves you. And Karen's, you know, please don't tell anybody this. And, you know, there's, you can see this conflict between Karen and wanting to not have anybody know about this, wanting to keep it a secret. Um, and then Camilla. Let me, let me, I want to talk about that for just a second. So do you think Karen loves Graham? Yes. Based on the way we see the rest of the show play out. And I know that's hard to imagine. But yes, I do think she loves him, but I think she loves her career more. I think she loves making music more. Yeah. Thoughts? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, maybe I just have a different view of love, but I feel like I could figure out a way to make it work. Both. Sure. 
And I don't, I just don't think, I think Karen is very fond of Graham and I think that she cares about him. I think she likes having sex with him. I think all of those things, all of those boxes are checked off. I don't think she really loves him. I think maybe she loves him, but she's not in love with him. Yeah. Maybe like, there's that. I think she, yeah, I think she loves him. She cares about him. She, yeah. But I don't think that she, no. And I think that, like, because when, when Camila says he loves you, Karen looks scared. Mm-hmm. So... But if it's, is it scared that he loves her or is it scared that she feels very similarly and doesn't want to admit it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. But, um, so Camilla comes back to, you know, is still in this conversation with Karen and mentions the fact that she saw some of the lyrics to Please. And he told her that Daisy wrote it. And, um, he, she told him that she would like to hear it. And he says, oh, well, it's not ready. I want it to be perfect before I play it for you. And he never used to do that is what she says. Like he never used to do that. She used to be the one that he played everything for first, or she would be there alongside him while he was writing it. So to have, to be told that you have to wait to listen, you have to wait for it to be perfect. That's not a role that Camilla had set in before. But there's Daisy now. And he tenses up when he's whenever she says, hey, you know, I saw your lyrics out for please. He kind of, huh, you know, tenses up. And, like, and the oh, fact yeah, that he immediately said Daisy wrote it. Mm-hmm. Why would Daisy wrote a, wrote a, write a song with the lyrics like I have a family addiction yeah. things like that? I mean, come on, Camila's no dummy. She knows that. No, she lying. isn't a dummy. But again, you know. He's he's striving for perfection before he lets her listen to it, and that's not something that he used to do. So he's once he's taking one more thing away from what their relationship used to be. Right. And so then we cut to Daisy and Billy are in the studio. They're singing "No Words" and another song that's on Aurora, and we hear "1997 97, Jonah Berg." Um, every song on that album is like a coded message from Daisy to Billy, Billy to Daisy. And then we have 1997 Eddie say, I'm sorry, did he say coded? So I, I mean, I'm assuming that he meant there's no code there. It's just basically it's all out there. There's no code. These two are having this conversation. Or is it that it's not coded and that it's just music and they're playing rock and roll? Oh, I don't think so. Because I think, because I think, you know, Eddie more than anybody else he know he knows more than anybody else. Well, I mean, they all know. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. It's not coded. Yeah. I mean, please, I'm down on my knees. If you're anybody but us who's maybe searching for some deeper meaning, let's about a guy being tempted by a woman. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And then after we, we, when we think about the whole album, because this is post the whole album. Yeah. You know, after these next two songs come out, those are there is nothing coded about either of those two songs. Well, and just knowing and being able to see into the intimacy and the involvement of their relationship, we can tell it's not coded. Yeah. But, but then I again, love- I go back and I think of um I think of the Rumors album. And you know, were people at that time that were hearing it when it was first released, not the people that were involved in the in the recording process, but people that were there when it was first released, when they were first hearing it, were they hearing it as a coded 
as, you know, these messages? Did they know what was going on as far as the demise of, you know, Lindsay and Stevie's relationship or John and Christina's relationship or Mick and his wife's relationship? Did they know that all of these relationships, like, was that part of the news when the album was actually released? Was that part of the story that they were in the midst of all these relationships falling apart? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then the other, you know, sometimes a, a lot of people will compare the Daisy Jones story and they talk about the demise of the civil wars, the, the duet that was, mm-hmm. you know, amazingly popular. And then all of a sudden it was not. And people have lots of theories of what was going on there. I think their theories are way far off, but, um, you know, when you listen to that last album, or even if you listen to some of the songs through there, um, throughout the album with this comparison now to Daisy Jones, I, I've started listening to them a little bit differently and I'm trying to figure out if they are coded. <laughs> if well, they are truly I mean, coded messages. I mean, you know, like my, um, my late boyfriend used to always talk about, you know, no doubt. And, you know, cause you know, don't speak and all those songs and tragic kingdom are basically written about her breakup with Tony who's in the band. And, you know, my boyfriend would always be like, um, she like, just like in, um, say anything. She wrote a so- hundred songs about Joe. He's like, she wrote a hundred songs about Tony. Oh my God. She still, she was still writing songs about Tony after she'd already been married to Gavin and had babies. So. He must've had, well, I won't say anything. That'd be inappropriate. Well, I just, I mean, I mean the song, I know we're cool. I mean that song, but it's yeah. still about Tony. Okay, so we go from 1997 Eddie and the coding. Now we're back in, we're going back into the recording days. And we see Daisy and Billy in the studio. They're trying to work on something. She's really struggling with the song. It's not working. Um, You know, she starts to get, she's like, I'm hitting low. She starts to get up and leave. And Billy says, you know, you don't have to leave. So then she, she pulls out Coke out of her pocket and just dumps it on her wrist and snorts a line off of her wrist. And, um, so there's a couple of things like when he, when she said that, you know, I'm hitting a low, I'm struggling and she was getting up to leave. Did he think she was getting up to leave to go out and, and take a bump or did she, or did he think she was just going out to get some space? I think he knows that she's going to go do some drugs. Okay. Because I was, I was, again, kind of going to the space thought. But she takes this line and she just, she's looking him dead in the, in the eye as she's snorting this line off of her wrist. No, I feel like it is incredibly sexual and it is, it is, he is watching her in a way that he, he's getting off watching her do drugs. This, that, and this that, is a level is, of intimacy that you should not be getting into with another human if you are married. That's how I read it. Yeah. I read it that he is like, you know, he is, he, you don't have to leave. He is getting off seeing her do that. And I think it's also this moment of, of like, it's incredibly intimate because I think probably before that she always left. She probably didn't do that stuff in front of him. And... Um, yeah, so he, I think, yeah, I think he, he, I think he likes it. He wants to see her do it. I think he's living vicariously through her. Yeah. Cause I'm, but I'm trying to think like as a, 
And this, again, we go into, we have this conversation about being a dry drunk, you know, he's not, maybe he's not really in sobriety. So that's why he gets off on seeing her do this versus somebody who's somebody who is wholly and fully working their sobriety would not necessarily uh, condone that and would not let them stay in the room and do that. Well, I would just say, just my experience, you know, my late boyfriend was uh, a needle user. He went through recovery. I mean, he he liked, and he loved, and I had read articles about this, too, and other. We, as people who aren't needle users, whenever they show somebody shooting up, we're like, ooh. Like, I remember seeing in Pulp Fiction whenever John Travolta's character shoots up Vince Vega, and I'm like, gross. But people who are needle users generally it's a broad generalization they like seeing that they get off on it because they remember how it made them feel Mm. okay and so like when you see once i read that that was like man i read that like right when pulp fiction came out and then whenever i you know when i met greg that he talked about that and it all came together but yeah they that is somebody somebody gets off on that interesting just like you know i mean when i see somebody with a big old bong you know, I'm like, okay, look, oh, that sounds good. Okay, you, you know, go. if I see somebody eating some really yummy looking chocolate cake, well, for somebody who is addicted to see somebody else um, getting off, no, it's not healthy, but especially physically in the room, it's one thing to kind of watch it in a movie, but for mm-hmm. him to be, I mean, it's very sexual. She's very deliberate. She pulls yes. that out, you know, sniffs her, like, it's not really her wrist, it's like the back of her hand, but... Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, when I was making the notes, I didn't know how to write that (laughs) until now. (laughs) Now I'm like, the back of her hand, Crystal, that's what it's called. Um, But, yeah, and and she just looks at him the whole time. It's it's very intense. Dead in the eye, very intense look. So she says, you know, she takes this bump, and then she said, you know, I I thought I had it in the car, meaning the song. Mm -hmm. And then Billy says, well, then let's get in the car. So they leave the studio, they're out, they're driving. Um, it's now, you know, it's dark as they're in this car. And he says, you know, it's crazy that I live in the ocean, but I never go. And Daisy says, turn right. So you see them step out into, um, onto the beach and there's, you know, the moon, the moon's facing them. We're seeing a shot from behind as they're walking out toward the water's edge. And you see the moon and it's kind of lighting things up. And um, this is a really, this gets very intense because they stop and they're standing there on the water's edge. And they're looking at each other and, you know, Billy's looking down at Daisy. And Daisy looks at me and, sa- and says, you know, whatever this is, this is new to me. And Billy looks back up at her and, or looks down at her and says, it's new to me as well. Or it's new to me too, Daisy. And then I, I can't remember how she got to the line of saying, you know, my real name is Margaret. Because he, he goes, he says, this is new to me too, Daisy. Like Daisy. He- okay. There you go. Daisy. And then she said, my name is Margaret. So she's sharing something else about herself, her true self, um, by sharing out what her real name is. Um, and then she says, I didn't like myself very much when I was little. So I became somebody else. So she took on the name of Daisy. And so they're standing there. And again, this is an intimate exchange. 
they're standing extremely close to each other intense look between each other and he says I have a confession to make or I have a confession for you and he says you made honeycomb better and she just kind of you know kind of this little smirk and she says I know and he says you make everything better we still need to figure out the rest of that song and she says well I'm not tired so this is you know this you know, she's revealing more of herself and sharing that her real name is Daisy and kind of the reason why she decided to be called by Daisy. And he has to make this, you know, this love song that he wrote for Camilla. He had to ultimately admit to her that she made the song better. And so, you know, we still need to figure out the rest of the song. And she just looks up and she just says, well, I'm not tired. But here, this this little exchange here really, to me, sums up Billy's, um, his own, um, he's just lying to himself. Because this because he, he's lying to himself so that he can lie or justify everything. Because she is revealing these things, these intimate things about her. And he says, you made the song better. You, he says... You made Honeycomb better. Then afterwards, he's like, you make everything better. But then he has to tag on, but we still need to figure out the rest of that song. So well, because he doesn't want to get too deep. Because if he gets too deep, then that he's just falling further in to this connection. Well, it's also, I feel like, so he can say, well, I never, I, if, like, let's say if Daisy, like, really confronted him on this. We don't know. Maybe there was a scene where she confronted him on all these things. He could say, I was always just talking about the music. Yeah. I was never talking about us. I mean, he really is. I hate, I mean, I feel like the word is used too much here, but he is gaslighting her here yeah. in a lot of ways. This episode, again, is making him out to be a very unlikable character. Um, Because you see nothing but. I mean, like, because yeah. that would, like, if I've told you this personal thing about myself and then you say, okay, I mean, maybe it was a big step for him to say, you made this song better. But I feel like she's like, okay, I know what we're playing. We're playing this game. And so if you want to say it's just about music, cool, because I know you, you love your wife. That, I mean, I feel like that's why she's like, well, I'm not tired. And, you know. So do you have anything else you want to talk say about that part? No, I just think, I think that line of I'm not tired, and then they immediately start heading back out. So, yeah, they head back to her place, and Billy walks her to the door. She opens the door, kind of like, hey, come on in. And he sees the liquor. You know, he, he sees the chaos also that is her life. And then he, and then he sees her, and he's like, no, nah, I think I've got to go home. And, you know, i got to go. And um, interviewer asks Daisy um, what changed his mind. And 1997 Daisy says, um, why did he tell you? And then we've got 1997 Billy. I looked in that room and all I saw was temptation. And then you've got 1997 Daisy say, well, it wasn't the drugs. So here's the thing. When he first walks up to the door and she opens it up and goes in. And he stops. He does, You don't see the chaos in the room. Right. All you see is the entryway. Right. And her standing there. 
And then when he is talking to the interviewer and he flashes back and he says, you know, I looked in the room and I saw the temptation. And at that point you see the bar cart and the booze and all of that. So the initial stop, I think we perceived as being her. That was the temptation that he couldn't walk into. Um, But we do see that there was booze and everything out. But again, I think we see, as Daisy says, you know, well, it wasn't the drug. It wasn't the drugs. Um, He's able to, you know, justify it because his line of sight caught the caught the booze and everything there but from her standpoint of him looking at her on this threshold all he saw was her and that's what stopped him so you know again we have his side her side and what the truth was and it was probably it was probably a combination of both but i think on first sight he knew he couldn't step across that threshold because if he had stepped across that threshold and gone in there, I don't think he would have drank. I think he would have slept with her. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't I think, think he would have drank. I think this is even 1997, Billy, and this is in in the mm-hmm. in the book. The same thing happens where you're you even in the book you're like you're full of shit, Billy. Yeah. He tries to say it's the booze and everything's yeah, in he, there. He is constantly trying to make this out that this isn't about him and Daisy. And that it's more about the, you know, it's more about, well, if I go in there, I would do, I would drink. Mm-hmm. But he's... That's not it. No. He might have drank afterwards to forget it. But if he had walked across that threshold, the temptation that was in that room had nothing to do with the alcohol or the drugs that were in there. No. And had everything to do with Daisy. And wh- And honestly, why would you not be tempted? You, this is a person you, you have, you, I think he's revealed more to her in a lot of ways than he's revealed to Camila because he has put on this act for Camila for so long that I'm sober, I'm good, everything's good. I don't think he has actually ever really in a long time been himself with Camila. And this is a person I think he actually really is being himself with and who he is creating the best work of his life with. And how would you not... Um, how, how would you not feel something and not be tempted? Yeah, I don't know. Like creative types, I would think if you were in that intimate of a setting and putting together and creating something together like that, music, lyrics, there's no, I, I don't know that there's a way to not, and I know that there are people that do that all the time. They songwrite together and it's not a big deal. But man, for this relationship to to write like that, to be intimate like that, to get, I don't think there's any way for that not to be the temptation of simply it being Daisy. Well, and I just think that it's very much two people who really need to talk about stuff who don't. You know, Daisy needs to talk to some, like, like they, like if they just actually if he had really acknowledged with her when she says, this is all new to me, you know, if they'd had like a real honest talk and he said, it isn't, it's new to me too. I feel weird because, you know, I have feelings for you because I'm married. And like, if they'd had like a real talk. If he were honest. Yeah. Cause this is what she's trying to be honest with him. But he's not right. But he, he can't be honest with Daisy. He can't be honest with Camilla. He can't be honest with anybody. Right. So. Billy leaves. 
Daisy leaves her room and she sees Jonah sitting by the pool. And Jonah tells her, you know, I could have sworn you guys were together. But I can, but, but that it's now he knows that it's just acting. Why does he know that it's just acting? Because that's what Billy told him. So he doesn't have, you know, and she's like, I think she's kind of surprised by the fact that he used, you know, talked about it like it was truly acting, going back to, you know, Billy's comparison to Bonnie and Clyde and, and Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty. And, you know, he says he doesn't have feelings for you, but it's okay. Um, he thinks it's okay if people think that, but again, it's all about the music. So he's had a con Billy's had a conversation with Jonah outside of Daisy and just really laid it out there that the chemistry on stage, he just plays it up simply for it to be on stage or he plays it up just to get good music. Um, but it's really for him, for Billy, it's all about the music. And Daisy kind of look, I, she has, I mean, she does have this shocked look on her face. Like she's getting played. Like he, we just had this moment together on the beach and this moment together in my doorway you're telling me it's not about feelings, but everything that I'm experiencing, I do believe there's feelings. And she just looks Jonah's down the eye. She's like, do you have any Coke? Because yeah. again, I knew, I knew one side, I'm seeing one side from my perspective and he turned around and told you something completely different. Well, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm just going to escape. So do you have yeah. any Coke? Here's what I do when I'm hurt. So Here's what I'm doing when I want to escape. Yeah. So we're, it's the next day and they're at the studio and it's clearly they've been like they've been waiting all day and she, you know they've called all this stuff and she is not at the studio and she's supposed to record her vocals that day and you know Billy's Billy's actually worried and I think you know I think he's legit worried like he cares about her and legit like oh maybe things that happened last night maybe she's upset about that so you know Teddy's like I'll go with you and he's like no I'll go and he goes, and then she's just in, in the midst of a huge pool party, and she's on the diving board in, like, a gorgeous dress, and people are going, jump, 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 and she jumps into the pool, and she's just com completely wasted, and he walks up, and she's, as she's getting, going poolside, and, um, and, you know, she's, he's like, you're drunk, and she's like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and she does a really good she does really she play. played high really well yeah she played high really she played well. high really and well she's like come here i want to tell you something and he's you know he leans over and she says i think you're the most talented person i've ever met besides me which is hilarious and then she gets up out of the pool and she's so drunk she doesn't even realize that she's walking on glass that's broken and he's just disgusted and he just turns around and leaves and so, she's like, say hi to Camilla. Yeah. I'm like, ouch. He's like, and you know, this is, you. this is very, um, very similar to the scene, to a scene in the book. Um, you know, often in the book they talk about, because again, Daisy's journey in the book is very different from Daisy's journey in the show. Daisy had released albums out on her own in the book and was already kind of making a name for herself. So she was getting all these Halston dresses sent to her. So they talked about like in this scene in the, like she had on this beautiful Halston dress and Simone was actually there in the scene in the book. And she's just floating in this beautiful Halston gown in the middle of this pool. 
Um, but it still is, you know, Billy's coming to see her. She's standing in this broken glass. Again, she played high so well. But she had to get that closing, that closing dig in, you know, say hi to Camilla for me. Well, I mean, and I would say, like, she's laying it all out. Like, this is where we are. This isn't about music. This isn't about my drug use. This is about our, we're a love triangle. Whether Billy wants to know that or not. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we come back to the studio and Bill and Daisy is there. She's laying on the floor talking to Warren and Billy hands her a song. Um, and it turns out that it's the song more fun to miss. And she looks over the words and she says, I'm not singing this song. And so, you know, we see, God, there was just, it was, it was very vengeful, I thought. But and so she, she starts singing it. And then, you know, Billy is just like over and over stopping her. Like she'll start, she'll sing like two, but she sounds like shit the entire time she's singing right. it. Cause she doesn't want to sing the song because she's read the words right. and she knows the song is about her and it's not very nice. And so she'll sing a couple of lines. She sounds like shit. And he just stops her and he says again, and just, you know, keep going over just again. And then he's like, just let it out, let it out. Just sing it. You're not singing it. And, and then he, he says a line about, well, after yesterday, where she didn't show up to the recording session, he said, well, after yesterday, it's the least that you can do. And um, Warren's like, dude, ease up on her. You know, Billy ease up on her. And he just is like on her and on her and just keeps telling her, stop, nope, start again, stop, no, start again. And she barely gets through any of the lines before he stops. And, and Billy's like, you're not trying hard enough. You know, you just need to let it go. But when he says you're not trying hard enough, boy, she walks out. She just, she just gets up and walks out. And this was one of those moments I think Teddy as a producer should have, you know, stepped in. But we had to see it play out like this just for the, the dynamics of the story. But it was, um, I just, I, I, it was tough. that scene, I feel like would have been better if more people, like more than just Warren would have said, Hey, ease up on her. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like really the whole band should have been like, what is your problem? You know, I feel like that they, they were, I, but I they didn't like know what was going on. Well, yeah, they, yeah. they don't know what's going on. And like, you know, I, and also I really think Teddy should, I mean, she does sound like crap on it. Yeah. But it's obviously Billy's not getting anything out of her. Why wouldn't Teddy have stepped in there? I just think it's really a weird scene. I mean, I get it. This is about the conflict between Billy and her. So, but I just feel like that was one of those moments. I would have at least liked Teddy to be like, whatever the hell is going on with you, you need to work it out. You know, yeah. something. But she, you know, but she wasn't trying and she didn't want to try because the words were ugly. They weren't nice at all. So she storms out. And they're out in the parking lot in front of the recording studio. And she asks him why he's doing this. And he says, it's what, it's what we do. We push each other to make each other better. And then it flips to the interviewer, 1997. And the interviewer asks, what did you say to her? 1997, Billy says, what do you mean? And the interviewer says, I mean, the voice on the album, how did you get her to sing like that? 
so we're back in the parking lot and you know they're face to face and daisy's like you want me to sing your fucking song tell me the truth tell me that's there that there's nothing going on between us tell me that this is all in my head and he kisses her and he kisses her (laughs) and so then all of a sudden she's back in the studio and she's singing that song and she's singing it the way it was intended, or the way he intended. And um, he, oh God, dang, um, you know, he is so just, again, they're creating this Billy in this episode that is just not a likable character. He's super manipulative. She's like, basically, he's kissed her. So now she thinks, okay, there is something in between, you know, there is something between us. He has kissed me. He kissed me well. You know, and there's something between us. So she just is, I, they're just eye fucking each other the entire time that they're singing. And he's got this smirk on his face. But is that smirk because of this, you know, the smirk is because I think the smirk is because he manipulated her and got her ass back in the studio to sing the song the way he wanted it sang. But it's very, very different from the book. Yes. And I don't like it. You don't like the episode or you don't like the book? No, I like it in the book. It's so much better. Yeah. Because in the book... In the book, she's having a hard time singing the song, and it is a song about her and her right. addiction. It was a. Her... It was called in the book. It's called "Impossible Woman." Yeah, and yeah. It's, and it is the same kind of theme of this uh, this person who has who is troubled and has problems, and and it's hard for her to sing because it's a revealing of her. But he works with her, and it's all about him believing her. And I, I know that you can sing this. And when you sing this, this is going to be great. You're going to be, you're going to sound so good. And he's supporting her. And when she finally does it, that's when she hugs him. Mm-hmm. And she, and she's like, I felt in her that the, you know, the the in the interview version of Daisy in the book says, you know, I felt so good. He believed in me, and you know, we had this huge connection from this moment. And he, and Bill, they both feel like that. And, and I feel like that, in the that book, is so much more positive. Like, I just, like, this is so shitty. Well, and in the book, Daisy kissed him. Well, but we haven't even got there yet. Like, in the book, that's later. Well, it's when they're recording Impossible Woman. Is it? Yeah. It's, rec- it's when they're recording Impossible Woman. But he kisses, she kisses him, and it's. Yeah, it's just so completely different. And I felt like it was, again, manipulative. Um, You know, he was doing whatever he could to get this song on track. Um, And I think not just, I think he, it wasn't just about he wanted the song recorded because he thought it was a good song. He wanted to punish her. Yes, yes, absolutely. He wanted to punish her for being honest and being open and being a complete mess and tempting him at every turn and making him a better song. He wanted to punish her for everything that she had done during this recording process. Yeah. And this was the song to do it to her. And I think it was also a way for him to exercise his demons and feel good about why he isn't going to get involved with her. Like I'm going to write this song about all the bad things about this woman so that I can remember that it's my checklist of why I shouldn't be with her. Right. So again, she's singing their eye fucking each other. There's this smirk that just, Oh my God, I wanted to punch him in the face. And we cut to 1997 and Daisy's just sitting there on screen and you can see in her the pain 
the pain of taking herself back to that place in her life based on where I think, you know, based on where she's evolved to. But anytime you think back about, you know, a past love, a past, you're, you're going to, you're just, she's bringing up all that pain again. Okay. So Billy comes home, Julia's in bed with Camilla sound asleep. And he just kind of sits on the side of the bed and just slumps over. So what do you think about the song in general? It's not my favorite of those songs. Mm-mm. I mean, and maybe it's tainted because of the 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 what, the context that I know it is. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of I don't know. I just it's just not my favorite. I don't really like that kind of straight bluesy type of song usually mm-hmm. that much. So eh, I mean, it it would be one that I I'd, I'd probably skip. It's yeah. a skipper. To me. <laughs> it's a skipper. It's a bathroom break. I mean, it's fine. Like it's it's not terrible. I mean, no. it, and you know what? Like all of these, it works on the like, album. It sounds like a song that would be written at that time. You know, like it. All of those things about it work, but yeah. it's definitely not my favorite song. It works on the album for sure. Yeah. Okay. So then we are at the photo shoot, and it's out in the mountains of California. It looks like Santa Clarita, somewhere around there. Um, and it is, it, there, it is massive. There's all these people. There's music playing over the PA. Um, there's props. It's just pretty crazy. And Billy drives up. He sees the photographer, and he's like, what is going on i thought this was going to be just a low-key you know um magic hour sunset you know pictures and the photographer's like oh well daisy had different ideas Um, daisy wanted something a little grander and so billy's like well i'm gonna go talk to her and i mean he's pulled up and camila's there with julia and it's actually so sweet because like um graham runs up to say hi to julia he's just the sweetest person and Camila looks cool. I love her scarf and her glasses. And Daisy has on like a white dress with white cowboy boots. And I can't really remember what Karen's wearing. Um, but everybody looks cool. Um, yeah. And so he's da- Billy takes Daisy to the side and says, you know, we're just a band from picture- Pittsburgh. And she's like, well, not anymore. And as he, he he's heading off to go, you know, do the shoot and. He's like, okay, I'll be back in a minute. He talks to Camila, and she goes, oh, is that Aurora? Or she hears it over the PA. And he's like, yeah, yeah, listen to it. You can check it out. He's just very kind of dismissive. And he actually, he just kind of does the dismissive hand thing. And so um, then they're kind of getting set up, and Camila and he, or Daisy are talking. They kind of are over, I think, like at a craft bar where, you know, where all the food and stuff is. Craft services have set stuff up, and, and she's, and Camila's holding Julia and Julia um, reaches out and pulls Daisy's hair because she likes her red hair and you know and she tells Camila you're good with her you know and 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 Daisy says not very many people can, can be a good mother and 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 Camila says well I th- I think you could they're still talking and chatting and then please comes over the PA and um, Camila says, oh, is this please? And Daisy says, yeah, Billy was possessed when he wrote that song. And Camila's face kind of locks in of like, oh, the thing that I was suspicious of is actually true. And Billy is looking real scared over on the side. Well, like, and, and, she, and Daisy says, 
Well, Kabila says, oh, he, Billy said, you wrote this. And she was like, I don't know why he would say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you could see, you could see him from afar feeling um, a little scared. I mean, you could see that he was very nervous about what that, what, what was going on in that exchange. Yeah. And I just would say, well, if it's just about the music, Billy, then why would you care? Shouldn't be scared. So then we cut to Graham and Karen who are off behind another rock. And he is trying to, uh, you know, kiss her and, you know, rubbing up on her and stuff like that. And Karen does not want to go public. And, and I think she has, I think she has a valid point. She's, you know, talking about they don't want to go public. You know, once she goes public, everything is going to change for her. Change for her. Not for Graham, but change for her. Because people are going to think, you know, she's sleeping with the guitar player to get in the band. Or, you know, they're not going to take her serious and things like that. So, I mean, I think she has, I think she has a valid point. That, you know, because again, the music to her is foremost. And it's very much about being respected and we know Karen in the book makes a very clear statement about how you know people told her she needed to you know people told her she needed to wear a low-cut blouse or you know she needed to wear short shirts but she wanted to be taken you know short skirts she wanted to be taken seriously so she intentionally wore jeans and you know t-shirts and things that were not revealing because she wanted people to notice her as being a musician so, you know, hiding behind this rock, she's wanting to, you know, save face and not go public and maintain a level of respect. And, you know, Graham, Graham says he's okay with it. You can tell he's not. He's pretty, you know, he's pretty conflicted because he wants to shout it from the rooftops. Because, again, he's in love with her. And, I mean, I think, though, I think she does have a legitimate question especially at that time I mean just think you know I think that it is she has absolutely and I understand why she would do that and I yeah. think well think about a band like Mamas and the Papas and Michelle Phillips yeah you know did people respect Michelle Phillips as a singer no. or was she just there because of who she was married to at the time because he had an inappropriately relationship <laughs> with someone way too young yeah exactly <laughs> but yes absolutely <laughs> or I mean, and I would just say, let's go back to, like, let's go back to how people have treated Yoko Ono. Let's go back to even even Gwen Stefani in No Doubt. You know, oh, she's just the guy's little sister. Mm -hmm. People are, people just are going to find ways to dismiss women's talent. Right. It doesn't matter. It's, and that is not, that is still right now. Yeah, and it's not just in, in a musical, I mean... You know, no. anybody, anybody that can take a lead or take a position of power, any female, there's always going to be somebody in the background going, well, how did they get there? Yeah. How did she get there? What did she do to get there? Who I mean, does she know? Who does she sleep with? Yeah, yeah. There's never conversations about who did a guy sleep with yeah. to get a job. But let's look, you know, let's look at all of the times that that's the, the storyline. Right. So, and but I would also say that if Karen was really, really in love with Graham, truly loved Graham, then I think she would have figured out a way to make that work. Mm -hmm. But she loved him, but not as much as she loves other things. Right. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Those are choices we all have to make. But I love Graham so much, and I don't want. I to know. Get hurt. I mean, I would totally. I'd be like, whatever. I'll do whatever you want, Graham. <laughs> 
so then we're um there's just like you know montage and then at the photo shoot um the river is playing which is my favorite song on the album um there's a scene where the where the photographer asks eddie to move over to the side so billy and um, daisy can be sitting together daisy's sitting in like a peak uh like a peacock kind of wicker chair it's not really mm-hmm. wicker but yeah and then he's sitting on a couch um then the whole time it just looks very tense like people don't she look seems very daisy is very disconnected from the rest of the band in that shoot it seems i mean she's off in her own chair they're all around this couch and she's off on her own chair and she's not paying anybody any mind until he tells them to sit together yes and then she's almost like sarcastically smiling. Oh yeah, it's a, just the biggest fake smile ever. Mm-hmm. And in the, during this whole scene, Camila is just staring daggers at both of them. You know, she she's seeing all of this stuff that's going on. You know, there's the the montage of the pictures that they're shooting. I mean, again, it's a whole group, and then they pull Billy and Daisy off to the side, and those were really. Um, those were really intimate pictures. They were standing, standing super close to each other. So, I mean, Camilla staring daggers makes complete sense. Um, but we also know later on Camilla had her ca- Well, we didn't know that you saw the shots. Camilla um, had her camera with her and she was right. taking her own set of photos. Um, but Jonah grabs Billy off to the side saying, Hey, I just need to confirm some stuff with you. You know, like the, the name of the town that you grew up in and he spells out Hazelwood and he's like, and he's really kind of like, he asks him a couple of questions first that are like, you know, softball kind of questions and just kind of is, is going through them really fast. You know, the town that you grew up in, he said, H A Z L E W O O D Hazelwood. Oh, by the the name of the recovery clinic that you went to. And he kind of stops because, you know, that one kind of, I don't know. Jonah kind of threw that one in there and I thought it was pretty shitty of him to do like that because he all the other questions that he asked were just kind of confirmation questions um, and they hadn't talked about any of of Billy's struggles um, so he wasn't privy to that information but then he asked for that recovery and he was like how, how, how did you I mean he stumbled and he was like yeah you know um, Daisy told me. And then he made, said that line about being too coked up to show up to his own child's christening. And, and Billy, again, is just kind of like stumbling. And he's like, that, 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 that that's not true. That's not true. And he says, you know, Teddy t- said you were running a puff piece. And he's just really stumbled. I mean, who wouldn't be stumbled when somebody asks you a question that you were not prepared for and you thought was a secret? And now you've got Daisy having revealed that information. So Daisy, so Billy walks off. And finds Daisy and kind of yanks her to the side and they're arguing. And that's Camilla's taking these pictures, um, you know, throughout the day to kind of capture as she always does. But she gets pictures of them arguing and it's very, you know, arms flailing close to each other in each other's faces, um, this argument. And we cut up to the hill where they're actually talking to each other. And they're screaming and yelling. And he said, and she says, Daisy says, did you just kiss me to get me back on the mic? And Billy says, well, I'd say it was worth it. Fucking asshole. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sorry. It wasn't worth it for that song to put that kind of, to be that mean. No. It was totally mean. No. So 
this exchange with Billy and her. And she says, I'm done here. And she gets in her car and she leaves. So she's driving her Mercedes through the hills of California. I'm going to assume very windy. Um, and she starts dumping out her, she's seeing, we're seeing these flashes of images of Billy throughout this process. We're seeing these, um, there's one shot of him giving that smirky fuck me eyes um, when she came back in and started um, recording his song. And she starts dumping things out of her purse and looking to find a pen. And she starts picking up the MAPSCO, the, which, you know, Gen, Gen Z and Gen Alpha will not know what a MAPSCO is, but it's a book of physical maps. Um, and she starts opening or she starts to write on it. Um, and she starts and the first word you see is regret. And then she has a wreck. She rear ends somebody in front of her. And the person jumps out of their car. You don't see this part, but the person ends up at her outside of her car and is like screaming and yelling at her. You just ran into me. And she's like, just wait a minute, wait a minute. And she's, she's gotten the inspiration for this song and she's working on the lyrics of regret me. So this is one that I have said from the get go that I've struggled with. Um, because I'm not. I think the song in the book, and I've got my book here in front of me. I think the song in the book, um, I just like it better and really wish that they had stuck with the song when they made the show, because I think they have two very different tones to them. Um, at least, you know, in the book, we only hear the lyrics, um, but knowing how the story plays out and how that final concert goes um, I'm sad that we don't have the book version of Regret Me recorded. Well, I mean, I know a lot of, like, on the comments for Regret Me, a lot of people um, miss the line that says, like, I want to ruin rock and roll for you that is in the book. I mean, to me, yes. the problem with this song goes back to the problem of the changes they made in the the way that this all comes about. Now, in the book, she leans over to kiss him. They're riding. They're having a really good moment. She leans over, and she kisses him, and he freezes and is like, um, we can't do this. And, and she even says in the book, her interview self says, maybe I overreacted, because that's why she wrote Regret Me. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that, so I think in this TV show, they're trying to actually make Daisy seem more like the good guy here when she, like, that when she writes it, because she, you know, he actually really deserves to be kind of taken down in this song. Because yeah. um, in the book, it's more, she's just really hurt. And she yeah. writes the song because she, um, she's so hurt by him and not necessarily angry. I think she's hurt and embarrassed and upset that she has you know, fallen for somebody who's never going to fall for her. And that's right. why she's writing Regret Me. Yeah. This, I feel this like she's is... writing it in anger. Yes. In and... response to his song that he pushed on her, as well as the kiss and knowing yes. that she got herself manipulated. And like you said, Regret Me in the book really is more about her being hurt and maybe a realization because again, the kiss scene in the book is him. He just simply stops and says, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. And so 
for her, this is, and that's why I think that, you know, again, why I missed the song, because this was her being honest and truthful and hurting in the book. And the ultimate end of Daisy Jones and the Six and her singing this song again is is ultimately her hurt not a, not in a I don't not in a position of of guilt but I mean you know they go through this process of you know who likes the song in the book and you know and and you you said the line Warren in the book Warren said you know when you know when she had me when I knew that this song was fucking great it's when she said when you think of me I hope it ruins rock and roll and so again I think that line is great I mean, and I don't. I, I mean, I could see heart being hard to put that into a lyrical melody that you could sing. So I get sure. it. But what I my issue with it even more is with them with the lyrics is the way these two songs come about. Right. Because the words the words in the book. I mean, if you look at this again, it goes back to it being more about heartache. Yes. And heartbreak because like here's here's um, you know in the in the show version it's you regret me and i'll regret you yeah you couldn't handle your liquor if you wanted to something along those lines and this is you know her saying regret me regret setting me free regret me i won't go easily regret it regret saying no regret it regret letting me go um so it's just you know i you know and she says regret regret me regretfully i just think that there's it's I just think it's more of a I think it's a beautiful song in the book and in this show it's angry it's angry and And she has every right to be angry no and I think the song itself I like it it's one of my it's got a good riff it's really good I think it's a very good song but I don't like that I feel I feel like they really worked hard to make in this episode make Billy look like a dick so it would be okay for her to write this song and I feel like in the book I do feel like she's, Billy doesn't do anything wrong in the book. Billy gets the best work out of her whenever he makes her sing the song that she doesn't want to sing. And mm-hmm. he makes her feel good and proud of herself. And she knows it's the best she's ever sang. And then she falls for him. She tells him how she feels. And he says, I can't. And so in a way, I understand why they did it. Because in the book, yeah, she does seem kind of like, like, hey, he can't help it. He loves his wife. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe they felt like it made her look, you know, not great. But I feel like, I don't know. I just, this this is a um, key point. And if, you know what, I've never read the book, I would have been fine with it this way. Yes. I wouldn't, because I, I wouldn't have yeah. known the difference. Wouldn't have known the difference. But, you know, I think the book version of her, to me, made her more human. I mean, I can get being angry. I can totally get on board with being angry and feeling like you got manipulated and you got, you know, you, you had this man manipulating you to get, get what he wanted done. I can totally respect those feelings and totally respect the female rage and the female rage song. I get those and I love those and I embrace those, but for some, I don't know, I just connected with her more. I felt like she was more authentic and showing herself in the heartbreak with the regret me from the book well and i mean the the whole point of this and you know everybody knows this now but the the idea of regret me comes from the silver springs 
um, song. And if you listen, if you go lyric by lyric, you know, Taylor Jenkins Reid is really using um, the, those lyrics to inspire the lyrics mm-hmm. in the book version. And I mean, because, you know, there's a sound, my, the sound of my voice will haunt you, you know, is kind of very close to, I hope this kills rock and roll for you. I mean, yeah. it's very similar. But I do like, I do like this verse in, in the show version this is oh you regret me and i'll regret you you can handle your liquor and you can't seem to handle this too i'm the slippage in the system and i'm perfectly ready to strike go ahead and go ahead and regret me but i'm not easing up on this mic right i mean i love that i love it i mean i think it's really good and i mean i really do understand why they did it because i think because i kind of take it in the book like on Daisy like he's doing the right thing like what do you expect him to do mm-hmm. do you expect him to really throw away his wife and his and in the book he's got two children he's got three, three children three children he's got twins too you know um so I think it, I think and I really do think I think that, that they were sitting in the writer's room or whatever and they were they decided well this we're gonna have to make it seem like she has a more legitimate reason to do it but maybe yeah. i mean you know i i feel like you and i kind of have we have opposing ideas on this so one of the other things that i find hard about the the show version i think this line is really difficult to read and to understand and it's a go ahead and regret regret me but i will but i always will to regret you that seems a little wordy yeah i don't know that would be not that would have been a hard one to sing but I always will too regret you. Yeah. That one kind of jumbles up for me. Wow. Well, that was, that was our, that, that was, was our tangent. tangent. That, that was our no, tangent. That was not a tangent. That's what we're here for. If you, <laughs> if you don't like this, then I mean, sorry. I mean, I will listen to this later and, and enjoy our debate. Um, then we cut to Camila. It's the, I think it's that night. So they've come home. Camila is all dolled up and she's looking very Halston-y too, like a silvery dress um, just that, oh, just that late seventies, uh, like vibe just looks beautiful. And she says, I'm going out for a bit. Like she doesn't say like, can you watch Julia? She's like, I'm going out. This is how it is. Mm-hmm. And once again, we're at a bar at a pool. Cause that's all they do in California. <laughs> that's all they do in LA. And, and she's sitting at the bar and she, I think she's kind of like, oh, why did I do this? Why did I even go out? And then she looks over across the, the way across to the other side of the pool party. And she sees Eddie and he kind of like, Hey, what are you doing here? And um, he comes up to her, and she's like, oh, I just needed to get out. And she's like, go back to your friend. You're obviously busy. So he goes back to the woman he was with, um, and he's like, no. And, and then the next thing you see, you heard the girl go, asshole, and she walks off, and Eddie joins um, her at the bar. And he says, um, and he's got, like, total Warren Beatty vibes in this. His hair is very floofy, and he's kind of got, like, a, a velvet jacket on. He looks really good. Um, and he's looks at her, and he says, are you okay? And really, we don't hear, I don't think Camila answers, and that's kind of it. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the scene. Yeah, fade to and black. It, Fade to black. And then the next thing we know is she's pulling up in the station wagon. Well, Billy's been waiting all night. He's been, like, looking at the clock. And she pulls up in the station wagon. Sitting at the table with takeout Chinese food. (laughs) So she's in the car, and it looks like she's been crying. Mm -hmm. 
Um, she also looks a little disheveled mm-hmm. and a little lighter on the makeup. Um, so these are some clues without being outright um, obvious about what happened. And so she walks into the house and I think he asks her something about, you know, do you want to eat? And I already ate, you know, she said I already ate. And then she just kind of like walks out like she's just going to go to bed. Yeah. And then 1997, Camilla says, there were just so many secrets. I think I just needed one of my own. That was heartbreaking. So, A, do we think that she and Eddie did it? Oh, she totally slept with Eddie. Yeah, yeah, she did. Like, he actually says it later. I remember. Yeah, she totally slept with Eddie. And, you know, in the book, it alludes to a similar storyline at that same pa- at that same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a high school friend that she had gone to lunch with. And, you know, she comes back and, and he's like, how did lunch go? And she says, oh, it was fine. And, you know... I think Billy has a realization in the book that she slept with this Gary person. So, yeah, he says a story. He has a story where he says, so Camila went to lunch with her old high school friend, Gary, and she was gone for over four hours. I don't know very many people who have a lunch that takes very four hours. But that was, and he basically is like, that was between Gary and Camila and kind of none of my business. So in the book, I'm, I'm, in fact, I have this highlighted he said i had hurt camilla god knows i had but loving somebody isn't perfection in good times and laughing and making love love is forgiveness patience faith and every once in a while it's a gut punch yeah and i think you know a lot of people have complained about in the you know i haven't read a whole lot of things but the few things i've read about the show is they've complained about how the tv version has her sleeping with Eddie and how the TV version has Camila, this jealous person. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I feel like in some ways she's more real in this because why would you not be jealous? And okay. Like, I think it's more powerful that she slept with Eddie because we already have it established that Eddie loved her. That they and don't. Cared about her. Yes. And that he and Billy do not see eye to eye on yes, those things. So, I so mean, there's already tension there. So why would you not? I mean, look, that's not the best way to deal with it, but we don't always deal with things the best way. And so I think, I think it's actually more realistic that she would do that than some rando she went to high school with. Yeah. And I do think that she did it. She picked Eddie in some ways to hurt. I don't think she (laughs) deliberately went out to go sleep with Eddie, but when Eddie came there and Eddie's like, yeah, he's a fucking dick. Like, you know, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's easier. If she wanted to get back at Billy for anything, sleeping with a bandmate was a great way to do it. I mean, and I don't know if she necessarily did that, but I think she already knew Eddie. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think Camila was just going to go to that bar and just sleep with anybody. I don't think she went out thinking she was going to sleep with somebody. No, I, I don't think, think she was like, either. I want to go out and feel like a person again. Maybe flirt with somebody. Yeah, feel like the way that guy did at the Yeah, feel attractive. Room. Feel yeah. like she's not somebody's mom. But... Um, but yeah, so we go to the next day. So, and Billy's walking into the studio and he says, Hey, hey, Eddie. Or he just says, Hey to Eddie. And Eddie like completely ignores him and like dashes out of the room. Oh, yeah. He's like, Boom. Yeah. And Billy kind of had that look like, What the fuck? What, what just happened? Um, but he walks into the studio and Daisy is singing Regret Me to everybody. 
Um, and so she she just kind of turns around and looks with a little smirk on her face. And she's like, I wrote one for you this time. And Billy looks her straight in the eye and tells her that he's not he's not going to put it on the album. The band. And so, you know, why wouldn't we put it on the and There's this whole conversation of why wouldn't we put it on the album? And he just says, like, because he doesn't give her a real answer. So, you know, she's like, well, let's let's um, take a vote. And so immediately Karen steps up and is like, it's a good song. And she puts her hands up. And then you see Warren put his hand up. And then Teddy from the control room puts his hand up. Billy leaves in a huff because he got outvoted. And he kicks the headlight of his um, of his Mustang. And he turns around. And what do you know? There's Jonah from the Rolling Stone. Billy asks, begs him, like, hey, man, don't don't tell that story. Don't do this to my family. And, and he Jonas says, says, well, give me something better. Mm-hmm. So... Daisy's leading the session and just kind of telling everybody, you know, do this, do this. And she looks at Eddie and she's like, do whatever the fuck you want. And then um, they record it and cut to her sitting in the booth with Teddy and she's listening to it and she's waiting for his approval and she's waiting for his approval. And he's being very like, he is not giving anything away in his face and it finishes up, and then all of a sudden he starts applauding with his hands in front of his face. Yeah, it's really, really funny small. the way he does it. Yeah, really small. But he gives her the applause because he knows that it's a good song. And Daisy says, and that's how we ended the Aurora Sessions. So we finished recording the album. Yeah. And, and I mean, it says it in the book, and, and it is implied in, this, in the show as well. Billy was not in the studio when they, when they recorded that song. Right. But it was the last song that they ended up recording for the album. So then we cut to Warren on the boat. And he says, um, during the break, um, he sails down to Mexico with two identical twins. Because Warren's going to be Warren. He's on brand. Um, Eddie says he hung around just seeing what was going to happen. And it's implied he's hanging Yeah, he's, and he's really like, he's looking very... I don't, guilty. I don't know. He yeah. he was waiting to see if Camilla was going to start something up full fledged yes, with him. Absolutely. And then Karen says um, she didn't think they did much of anything, but she raises her eyebrows and basically, you know, she and Graham were I, implied. I think that they were having a lot of sex and having fun. And but I'm also like, are she, they still living in the same house? Because there's like a shot of them with the radio playing Aurora, mm-hmm. and um, they're in bed. I'm like. Did they get their own place? I'm going to assume they did, because I don't think you can keep that a secret. In the book, they did. Yes. Yeah, in the book, they did. But, I mean, if you think about it, Warren wasn't there. He was in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, at this by this point, they're... So, who knows? Who yeah. knows? But we cut to 1997 Daisy, and she's talking about how she's, you know, keeps telling herself that she was happy, and, you know, that this was great. And you see her dancing around in, like, her her um chateau or her cottage at the chateau maman and she's dancing around it looks really disconnected though like her body is moving but her spirit is not in her body at the time like you can see it in her face and she's dancing around and she drops down on the bed and there's like letters everywhere um and she says you know but when the drugs wore off all i could hear was my mother saying that she was that i wasn't worth anything and these letters that are surrounding her, we 
later in the in the series she gets a letter from her mom that she actually opens up and reads so i'm going to assume that these letters that are just kind of spread out over the bed still in envelopes still sealed are letters that she's probably gotten from her mother along the way and just hasn't opened them up but one of the things that is on the bed and that she does open up is a final copy of um, jonah's article for rolling stone and the article I don't think is what she, she was not prepared for what the article turned out to be. Right. Because it was all about her and it was all about her drug use. And, you know, now that you think about, you know, kind of looking back and, and, you know, he had these, Billy had these conversations with Jonah about, you know, the recovery center that you went to and please don't put that in there. And, you know, and Jonah told him, give me something else. And, Fucking hell if Billy didn't give him something else. I mean, and if you pause it to read it. I, I did. Mean, yeah, me too. And I mean, a lot of it, though, a lot of it's not untrue. Like, no, it's, it's not about untrue. Her, it's about her showing up late and always being late and not and you not knowing what kind of state of mind she's going to be in. How, how fucked up is Daisy going to be today? I mean, none of that, I don't think Karen or Graham or Warren or Eddie would ever dispute any of those things. No, but to think that you were, to think that you were going to get a puff piece on your band and, oh, well, maybe I could throw this little thing in here about Billy and his, and his recovery center and it backfired on her because ultimately well, it mean, ended up being a story about her and what a hot fucking mess she was. Well, right. Because she basically, she tells Jonah, cause he basically quotes her whenever, you know, whenever that, whenever he cr- confronts Billy the first time and say hey what's the recovery center he says oh well daisy told me that you were too coked up to go show up for your daughter's christening so that's he's directly quoting daisy there mm-hmm. well because she's the one that told him about the recovery center yeah i mean but he and so like i mean but she didn't have to say it like that right you know and um but she ends up reading this article that is about how hot of a mess she is yeah and about how the chemistry Billy said it, the chemistry is all an act. Like yes. it looks like it on stage and that's what it's supposed to be because that's what we got to do to make the music, but it's all an act. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's really a terrible thing, but there was, there was um, a little like reference to Lennon and McCartney there. And I thought that was kind of funny, but so then we see Billy is at, Billy and Camilla are at their house and they're looking at all the photos from the shoot. And he's like, I knew I didn't like this guy. I don't like these shots. It wasn't shots. right fit. Yeah. And you know, they aren't good. They aren't really good shots. I mean, they, they did a good job of finding bad photos to use. And then Camilla pulls out the shots that she's taken. And the shots that she shows are the ones of them arguing. And she says... Look, we used to fight like this. And she says, I don't need to know everything, but if you love her, that is why this ends. And he says, it's always you and me always. And then she says, then we can get through anything. And 1997, Billy says, history is what happened, not what almost happened. And then we cut to, we see him on screen, and then we cut to B-roll of him walking to Chateau Mormont. And he says, not why you did what you did, but what you did, that's what matters. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. That is him trying to justify his actions, and that is complete fucking bullshit. History is all of that. He says, I mean, that's what he was saying. History is what you did, not what you almost did, not what you, not what you thought about doing. 
Which yeah. that is true. I mean, there are times all across our life that we, especially in relationships, if we're in monogamous relationships, especially where we are tempted, we think about it. We, you know, you could have leaned in and done it and you don't. And while it may not be a part of public history, it is a part of your history. Yes, it absolutely is. It may not be public version of history, but it is a part of your history. And, and, it, to say, and it might not be anything you ever tell your spouse about. Yeah. Things that I almost did aren't, you know, aren't the story. Bullshit. It is a part of the story. Things that but you also, almost did are a part or almost did not or did not do are a part of your story or well, a part and, of your history. And I'm sorry, but it's very kind of like... Um, it depends on what is is kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Like you know the, the 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 famous Bill Clinton quote. Yeah. You know, like you might not have stuck your dick in Daisy, but but you were intimate with her on a level. Yes, and then you were shitty to her. Because all of this, and this goes back to my whole, like, my whole life and why sometimes, like, TV shows and movies make me crazy. Because so many of these things could have been solved with just a real heart-to-heart conversation. Yeah. The miscommunication and, trope is is uh, a big me, player. I mean, it goes back to <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. I mean, it goes back to, who knows? Like, it goes all the way back to the first stories. But, like, in this situation, if Billy had told, at, at the beach, if Billy had said to Daisy... I don't know what this is either. If I have feelings for you, I am married. This I love my wife. I love my wife, you know, but you're amazing and I can't stop thinking about you. I don't know what to do. I think, honestly, Daisy might have said, you know what? Okay. Like, I think that she would have said, like, that sucks. And I would like to be with you too, but we're just going to make it work. Um, we're going to just finish this album and we'll be done. Something. I think that they would have figured out something. But because he wouldn't admit it, he would not actually admit that he had feelings for her. And he kept making these little bargains with his brain. Of like, I'm just talking about the music. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what the really shitty part of it is. And I hate to use the word because it's overused, but he's totally gaslighting her. And yep. get, you know, and, and kind of gaslighting Camila, too. I do like the I do like going back to the line of Camilla talking to him as she's showing him this picture. She's like, I don't need to know everything. Mm-hmm. But you need to know that if you love her, this is this is the end. Yeah. Well, of and, course it would be. Yeah. Well, and I would also say, though, she says we used to fight like this. Well, I mean, the evidence does not show that to me on this show. No. Now, I mean, that- Camilla didn't put up with shit from him and would call him out. But I don't see the fighting because I feel like Billy has always put Camila on this pedestal and doesn't really look at her as like a real equal. I don't, the way he looks at Daisy. Very valid point. He does not consider Camila the same equal because she's not the creative that he is. Well, and I just think once, I think it's very easy for women to get in these relationships where you kind of get categorized, well, you're just the mom, you're just the girlfriend, it's why Karen doesn't want to be with Graham. So we, we get Billy going to Daisy's bungalow, knocking on the door, and 
housekeeper opens up. And he asks, you know, where's the woman that lives here? Well, she hasn't been here since Wednesday. Um, so Daisy's gone. So they've finished recording Aurora and she has left town. And so they start playing. I like the, I like the song choice. They start playing heart crazy for you. Great song. Great song. And Daisy is heading to the airport to go to Greece, different from the book, the book she went to Thailand and she talked to Simone and had this whole conversation in the book about going to Thailand, but she um, heads to Greece and she gets to Greece and I guess she's probably going through immigration and stuff like that. And they're like, well, how long do you plan to stay? And she says, I don't really think that far ahead. Right. And scene. So, and we know that she's like, we know that there's supposed to be three weeks off. They're going to have Correct. three weeks off before, before that. So a, maybe the conversation that needed to have happened would have happened if she hadn't left. Maybe that's why Billy went over there. We don't know. Um, yeah. Just a couple of other little things um, in the, um, the maps go. It was on the page for Brentwood. I just wonder if that's where somebody lives or something. You know, they could have picked any page. So I'm interested. I wonder if why they picked Brentwood. Um, the music, another was um, a song, one of the songs when she's driving um, through to, um, when she's driving and she's all mad, it's a song by, um, called Don't Stop It Now. It's by Hot Chocolate. Like the people who did I Believe in Miracles, which yeah. that's what I thought the song was. And then it was Don't Stop It Now. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but that's it. That's the end of this episode. This is an intense episode. Mm-hmm. And the next episode is a little bit more of a building kind of episode. So. Yeah. Next episode is definitely a building episode. Speaking of next episodes, we're going to take a week off. Yes. Um, so looking at today is the 23rd of April. So we will most likely drop this episode on the 25th of April. So that means we will not drop a new episode until May, May 9th. May 9th. Yeah. May 9th. So we're going to take a little break and we'll drop something on May 9th and the next episode for the next track. And we will be back again. Thanks for listening. Hope you keep listening. Don't Hope forget. We'll a few more left. And yeah. We'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see how we, what we do see after where we that. we go from here. But don't forget, um, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, you can watch us on YouTube, Instagram. We are at Nobody's Muses. Email is at our uh, email is Nobody's Muses at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us a comment. Oh, send one us a more note. thing. What? I wanted to point out Caroline did tell me. I guess I think it's the name of the actress, uh, Warren's girlfriend. Her name, her the actress's name was Olivia. The character's name was Caroline. So, got that wrong. <laughs> we got that one wrong big time. Anyway, um, yes, thanks, and we will see you in two weeks. Awesome. Bye. Bye.